0: Michelle. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I was uh, listening to uh, Hammerstone pod yesterday or the day before. Wait, you guys had a new one out. And it sounds like you are really just pounding the pavement on sales now and shifting away from technical stuff.
1: Yeah, it is a huge shift. It is a scary shift, but also it's really exciting. Yeah. It's more fun than I thought it would be. Ooh. And so that's interesting. Like every time you send a cold DM or a cold email, you get a little like dopamine hit. <laughs> like, Do you? But like what? So what if they re- they don't reply to you? Like that doesn't. Yeah. No, most people don't reply. But I I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> seem to I mean, this is the game, right? Like, yeah, volume. It, and it's a game that I haven't played before. But um, it's kind of fun. I think it's a huge I mean, it's obviously a new skill set for me. But I'm excited to try something new and to learn something
0: new. I'm really excited to see you just like jumping into it head first. I feel like, you know, when we met and we started, first started doing the podcast, before you did anything differently, you used to read a ton of books and articles on things, which is a good approach to do. And I, you know, we should, of course, learn from other people. But I think sometimes you use that as kind of procrastinating, doing something new. And now you're just like jumping in. And I haven't heard that same like, well, I just need to read these more articles on this. And I have one I'll do it when I finish this book I'm reading. Like you have jumped into cold sales like it's cold water without any fear.
1: It's funny. Okay, so I did do one thing that's a little funny. I don't remember if I said this on Hammerstone podcast, but I did. You know, you can go on YouTube and look up sales videos and watch people sell stuff it's fascinating. It's (laughs) So I did do that to get pumped up because these guys get on, I was watching this one guy and like these guys get on sales calls and the person can be like, yeah, this product's not for me. And they're still like, like they don't let it go. Right. They're like, oh, well, you know, dive in as you might say, like, why not? Well, maybe you can just buy it now and it'll be for you later. (laughs) It's fascinating to watch. Do you want to be like that though? I don't, but I think that the difference is it's all about, like, I think where I struggle doing these customer interviews and doing the cold sales, which are, I know they're two different things, but when I say cold sales, I really mean I want to talk to people about their problems. So I really think of them as like customer interviews, is as soon as someone's like, yeah, it's just not a right good fit, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I'm out right? Which is obviously not the right response. The right response is to figure out why. Why is it not a good fit? What's their job to be done? And so I don't want to be sleazy or slimy. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I also tend to just like my customer interviews before I met you or before I started working with you were like 30 seconds long. I think I told you my early customer interviews for Simple File Upload were literally five minutes long because I did not know what else to
0: say or do. (laughs) Yeah. You were like if they said something and you understood it, you'd be like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Good. We're done. I mean, I think there's definitely a line there between, yeah, between like being pushy and then uh, and then also trying to understand. Okay, well, is it because they don't experience this very often? Are they not the person who experiences this problem? Is this problem already solved in a satisfactory way? Like, cause I think there's a difference between like we already use something for this and we're happy with it versus we don't use anything for this and we don't see any reason to and because we do it so infrequently that it's just not a problem
1: yeah so
0: i what else did i do i did something else i can't remember now you're doing your founding customers thing right which i think is a brilliant idea you have this group of five founding customers that are like i guess they get a special discount but also more like high touch service onboarding from you is that right
1: yeah so my customer advisory board I think I have two slots left if you are interested in trying the refined product. Um <laughs> Yeah, so my customer advisory board has been so cool because these people have already paid. They're excited. They're the ideal first customers. And so far, they're all Rails developers and they've been like, hey, like I am open to helping you around these rough edges as we integrate it in our app. So they're you know, I just think it's going to be so fun working with these guys because we're going to work together like super high touch, right? I want to be there for the whole process, show them exactly how to do it and kind of see how that feels to them. So, yeah, I'm pumped about that.
0: Did you get your your real estate customers in that? You mentioned them like your one freelancing yeah. client that you had that, that sounded like they actually had a need for it. Were you able to get them into the founding customer group? Um, Yeah, I mean, I haven't yet, but I will
1: because they're my clients, so they need this. So there's one (laughs) slot left then. Yeah, I guess you're
0: right. I forgot about that. So if you want, or you maybe want, at some point in the future, you think you might want Refine for Rails, you should talk to Colleen now.
1: Yes, we will help you filter (laughs) your data for your users and for your team. It's wonderful. It's so cool too, Michelle. I think one of the things, as I get more and more into this, I'm just having so much fun with it now, which is cool. Like the sales and... The product is just so good. I mean, it's like you know the rails. Um, the rails architecture is designed almost exactly based off of what Aaron did for Laravel, and like he thought of everything. Like all of these weird edge cases that we've taken care of. So it's so beautiful when you start to use it and. Someone's like, well, what about nulls? And I'm like, oh, we totally handle nulls. Just like these little edge cases that trip people up, that annoy people. I don't know. It just makes me happy to like work on software I feel really good about and can see our client using. I mean, our client uses this everywhere in their app. It is so cool. And like
0: it's just it's just cool. I don't know. I was just happy about it, I guess. <laughs> it's such a delight to work on a product that you're really proud of. But also with this one, you have ownership of the product right and so Mm -hmm. when someone says like hey this is really cool first of all you're like wow they think something I made is cool that's kind of cool that's like motivating but then can you do this and you can be like ah you know what no we're actually thinking of adding that and you can be like hey like can you tell me why you would need that and then you can talk to them about it and be like yeah maybe we can add that in the future knowing yeah maybe we can actually add that in the future and you're not just saying maybe if the product manager approves it, and then we get executive approval, and then the roadmap is already locked in for at least 18 months right now. Like, oh, I'm going to tell them that we can do it, but we probably can't. That's kind of a crappy feeling. Yeah. But getting to not only get that super positive feedback yourself and really feel like you're selling something that you're proud of, but also having that you know, influence and control over the future of the product. And you know, I think it allows you to just really Connect with your customers on, on what they're trying to do in a way that is a lot harder when you don't have that say over the roadmap.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's you know as I said, I think I said to Aaron like it's exciting. I mean, I'm pulling back on the technical stuff, which is scary. Yeah. Well, and also like that's how I make my money. So I mean, it's going to be like less personal income. Um. So it's oh, so is this like this is
0: reducing your because you because you've been working for the clients. Right. That was funding you guys to build it. Right. And now, but so what, does that actually, What was it a one year contract or was it like a certain number of hours that works out to a year? So like. So the contract was really whatever
1: we needed. I mean, it, it was incredibly flexible. We had agreed, because I quit my other job for this opportunity, I had wanted a minimum commitment of a year, which they gave me, but there's no end date. So you know, OK, so you don't actually fall off a cliff. Either. I don't fall off a cliff. But what we're doing, what we talked about is they're hiring someone to be me within their company. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they're like, want me to train him up? He's going to start in a couple weeks. And so as I train him up, so now I have a contractor like Hammerstone Refine has a contractor that's working upstream on technical stuff. And then the client is actually hiring someone they want me to train up to take some of the app load, like of the load of putting it everywhere in their app and understanding it and explaining it to everyone, like take some of the app load off of me. And this is exactly what I want to happen, Michelle. This is the ideal path for me. But it's also scary because when I was the person who was like touching every part of the app, that was like some serious job security. Like, that's some serious consulting (laughs) revenue security. And as I give these pieces away, that is going to significantly impact my personal income, um, which is something we have planned for and which was always the plan. But you know, you get there and you're like, okay, it's go time. (laughs) This is it. This is the time. So it's exciting and scary and fun. And you know, if I don't bet on myself, like, what am I doing here? Right? This is what I want. But it is a little scary.
0: I think it's really interesting to see also how excited you are about doing sales for this versus how marketing for Simple File Upload kind of always seemed like a little bit of a drag to you. Like it was always a bit of like, I don't know what to do. Like, let's do this content. You just have this excitement about selling this that I feel like I didn't ever fully see with Simple File Upload. And I don't know if that's the difference between the products or that's a difference between... For you, like sales versus marketing, like some people genuinely enjoy one over the other, even though they are often thought of as the same category, they're really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious how you think about, like if, if you've thought about your own energy levels for for the two products.
1: Yeah, so I think, so I feel like I'm finally getting to my unfair advantage. And what I mean yeah. by that is like, I am a developer a good developer who loves people, and I'm good with people. And so I think the sales stuff feels different than the marketing stuff because the sales stuff is, right now, it's just all one-on-one, and I freaking love it. I love talking, and maybe sales isn't the right word. Maybe, like, it's more of a customer interview word,
0: you know? Yeah, I mean, it feels like you're kind of doing, like, a sort of, like, sales exploration interviews. Like, it's not quite a full customer interview, but it's also not, like, as you said, you know, pitching.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I think it, whereas it's like marketing, like writing blog posts, man, that's a drag. <laughs> it's not content pieces are not my favorite, but I just really like talk. And, and I think the thing I like talking to people about so much with Hammerstone is the people who have this problem. It's a big problem. It is incredibly painful for them is what I'm finding. Just a tremendous annoyance. So I don't know. It just feels cool to be like, we can solve that for you. We can make your life better. Like, this should be a no-brainer. I'm enjoying that process.
0: I'm really glad to see you enjoying it. And I think that really is the big difference between sales and, and marketing. And if you enjoy talking to people, which, I mean, I guess we run a podcast, so we shouldn't be entirely surprised that you enjoy talking to people. <laughs> um then run with that. I mean, and, you know, to be a developer who genuinely likes people and talking to them as much as you do writing code and being able to speak to that in a very technical way is really unusual. The other nexus I see this a lot in is people who do developer relations. And so to be, you know, to be a salesperson who can really speak to the, the technical aspects of things and understand why you would use something is so valuable i'm actually you know i'm reminded so yesterday we were looking at appliances uh, very <laughs> exciting and you know we went to two different showrooms yesterday and one was for a company that that makes supposedly incredibly nice you know very high-end appliances and we wanted to just see like okay what's the best thing out there just for comparison and then we went to another one that was more very good quality more like mid-range and not as like like, nobody, like, would be impressed when they walked into your house if they saw it versus this other one was very impressive. And I noticed immediately, you know, the first one, the salesperson talked about how, you know, all these uh Michelin star chef uses them and, like, you know, is very exclusive and everything. And then, then you know... The other one, even though it wasn't as nice, they're saying, well, you know, when you're making your potatoes and you need to do this and, you, and, and you're working with it like in your kitchen just like this and like or you're trying to make this other dish and like you want them to be a specific brownness and like the level of, in this case, cooking, but like the technical understanding of here's when you're using this. Here's what you're trying to do, like the rest of that activity that you have going on. Here's why this product helps you and, and, and speaks to the things that people are trying to do. It helps you sell it in a way where you don't have to be like, you should buy it now because it's going on sale and then it's going to go, the price is going to go up. And like, even if you don't need it, you should buy it now. You're going to be like, well, if you're trying to do this, you might struggle with doing X, Y, and Z. And here's how this product helps you do that. And it's more like just factually explaining what the product does and you don't have to put on the hard sell. Right. Right. And it's a more pleasant experience, I think, for
1: everybody. Right, right. That And that's where I am right now. I'm not trying to hard sell anyone. I'm like, we, you know, we speak to your problem. This is yeah. what it does. And this is why it's going to make your life better.
0: And I think that's what you learn, you know, if you get to a point where you can do like straight customer interviews, or even as you do more of these sort of, we'll call them sales exploration interviews. Like, the more you can speak to those specific situations in a company where somebody would have this problem the more when you talk to more people they'll be like oh they really get it without you know that without having to do too much more explaining right you don't have to be like so have, you, have have you ever struggled with this and this you can be like no so when you are trying to do this we help you do that faster
1: yeah yeah so it's been you know it's a paradigm shift in terms of what i'm doing um, and i think what's different about it too is simplify upload is Simple File Upload is like kind of a small product. Like people just want to use it and it's fine. But this is a higher priced product, like a higher touch product. So these conversations feel much more, um, what's the right word? Like uh, interest. I don't want to say interesting, but they feel much more, they have much more depth to them, right? Because the problem is multifaceted. Everyone experiences this problem in a slightly different way. And people generally have identified the problem. And so I feel like I'm getting more out of these talks than I was when I was trying to do talks for people with simple file upload. Yeah. So there's that too.
0: So we talked about how you didn't read a bunch of books and blog posts before starting to do this, but I'm betting that you read some too. Like you have this, this founding customers concept, you're cold DMing people. I'm curious, like, where have you been getting these ideas from? What are you looking (laughs) to, to like help you learn how to sell? Oh my gosh, you're going to love this so much.
1: I so am? okay <laughs> yeah pins and needles so, so you know uh Ben and Derek's podcast the art of product yes they're on episode like 205 but if you go back to episode 38 that's when Derek is starting levels and Ben is starting tuple oh so I am li- it's like three years ago it's like 2017 or something or maybe more than that I don't remember so basically I've realized that so I'm listening to the art of product podcast from episode 40. And it's right when Tuple is starting. And I got this founding customers concept because Ben was talking about doing that in the very, before Tuple was a thing, like before it was a thing, he was taking like a small group of founding customers. And I was like, dude, I should do that. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So between that and then just trying to be like talking to, when Corey was on, so, Corey Haynes was on Software Social, he was on a while ago, but we were joking about how, he and I first met because he cold DM'd me and how he does that all the time. And I was he was like, You just gotta shoot your shot. And I was like, Yeah, why am I not doing that? Like, that seems silly. And then at RailsConf, I met a new friend and his name is Joe, and he has Rails devs, and he was talking about his sales strategy, which was to personalize like cold outreach. And I was like, That makes total sense. Like personalized cold outreach makes perfect sense. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now as I contact more people. Like, you clearly need this thing. I mean, you say it nicer than that. We have the thing. We can make your lives better.
0: That's really interesting. So instead of reading about this, basically, you are crowdsourcing. Well, no, you're listening to other people that you know talk about doing this or you are talking to them directly about it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that makes it feel more doable because there's that sort of social proof element of like, if I know somebody who has done this and has done it successfully, then maybe I can do it too. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. And it's not so nebulous, right? When you read about
1: like, you know, Paul Graham's blog or whoever, someone who's like, you know, in a totally different stage of life, it's hard to relate that to yourself. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as actionable because they have a different set of incentives and resources right. at play that you maybe don't have. But listening to Art of Product or, you know, Corey Haynes on and, and, and Chris on Default Alive, like yeah. that could, you know, they're in somewhat similar situations and.
1: Yeah. And um, I have to say like Nathan's Barry's tweet is my most favorite tweet. The one um, I know I bring this up all the time. So stop me if I told you, but the one where he talks about how convert kit got stuck at 1500 MRR for like a year. And then he started doing direct sales and we all know where it is now. So um, it's like this great tweet thread about how like he was just totally stagnant. And then he started changing the game by like, he would like literally fly places to meet with people, but how that just, fundamentally shifted
0: his whole business we'll have to link to that um, yeah I think you I think you have mentioned that. I,
1: I'm sure I have because I read it every day okay maybe every and, other and day. like I mean who better
0: <laughs> to look to than someone who literally runs a company called convert about how other people can convert convert people to things right how do we
1: convert people yeah
0: (laughs) probably knows a little bit about what he's talking about yeah uh so episode 38 onwards of art of Podcasts, everyone's doing it now art of product podcast (laughs) just stop listening to us just go listen to that
1: (laughs) oh it's really funny because it's like they're talking about like their twitter strategy and again i think this is like three or four years old. And I was like, oh, Derek's talking about his Twitter strategy. And I like was scrolling through his tweets to try and find it. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm never going to find it because it was like four years ago. (laughs) Like, I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) But yeah, you know, I think things feel really good, Michelle, I think. And also, my sister is getting into some simple file upload stuff, which is really cool. And so it, it feels it feels like a lot of a lot of excitement and promise and fun. You know, it's like I was reading this blog post or article or I don't know the other day about the arrival fallacy. And it's this concept that when you hit a certain thing, you're going to be happy.
0: Mm -hmm. Like when
1: I hit a million ARR, I will be happy when I buy this house, I will be happy. And it's this whole concept of like it actually has this great interview linked of some famous basketball player who won a championship and was depressed afterwards because he was like but I'm still the same person. Like I thought everything would change because I've been striving for this goal my whole life. And now I want a championship and I'm still the same person and nothing has really changed. And, um, I was thinking about that a lot about how, yes, it feels like it will be so great when Aaron and I are on our feet alone, supporting our families, but also you don't want to fall into that arrival fallacy. Like we'll still be the same people, And it's just so important to, like, appreciate and enjoy this part of building the business. And I do.
0: So that's cool. Yeah, I think it's important to be enjoying it right now. And I mean, I know you like you've been working a lot. You've been working nights and weekends trying to be stuff out before lacrosse practice, (laughs) which you used to not do. Like you used to have really good strong boundaries around when you worked and you have purposefully removed those boundaries and you're working a lot but I feel like I mean I get the sense that you feel like it's worth it and that you're enjoying the journey to build it and it then yeah it's frustrating but it doesn't really feel you know like a slog and it's not just the end goal as the great philosopher Miley Cyrus says <laughs> it's the climb
1: <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, You're
1: right. I have removed those work-life boundaries that I used (laughs) to have that you were so impressed with. (laughs) Um, But it's working for us right now. So as long as it continues to work for us, we'll just keep on
0: keep on. So your goal is is selling five licenses a month. Is that right? Yeah. I keep getting this wrong. But no, I mean, you know, I think
1: I think this goes back to like our goal is to keep selling. Right. I can't necessarily control whether someone converts or not. So You know, those kinds of metrics I don't think are super valuable because you attach so much emotion to them, whereas it's like, so our goal is to be doing four to five calls a week right now. Because that's something you can control. Because that's something we can control. Yeah, exactly. And so, and also, you know, I think of all these people like you, uh, I had Nadia who has Storygraph on, you know, Nathan Berry's tweet. They talked to customers for a long time until they got it just right. So, I think there's, I distinctly remember Nadia saying, like, she did like six months of intensive customer interviews. And so, I think it's just important to remember that, like, the key, I think for us, the key to success is talking to our customers. That's how we're going to move the needle. That's how we're going to change the game.
0: I think it's also not just talking to them, but also iterating as you go through that. Like, yes. I saw like Matt Wensing of some, who's also on this show last fall, was saying how, you know, they've gone through three versions of their product over the last, I don't know, to like get it two, right. or th- two or three years, right? Like it takes time, but they keep doing it. And, they, and I think you keep doing it because you keep enjoying it. You keep still being hungry for solving what people are trying to do. And you keep iterating through it. It's not a, a time of sort of, you know, just researching, right? You're researching, you're exploring, you're tinkering, you're saying, okay, People are buying this. We've got some people buying this amount, but if we do this differently, like, okay, maybe we've got a little bit more, like, and you're selling as you go as well. You're not waiting to sell it until it feels perfect.
1: Right, exactly. And I
0: think that's the key is we're selling as we go and we iterate on the product. Yeah. So next week then for you is four to five calls, which actually it sounds like you you really enjoy because I think you said on the the Hammerstone Podcast that your goal is one a week, and now the goal is four
1: to five a week. Yeah, now that you repeat that back to me, did I four to five a week is a lot. Maybe it is Ooh, no, 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 keep it, keep it. You told me I had to be on 20 podcasts.
0: I said I would be on like five, and you were like 20. Why did I I say four? So now you have to have five next week. Oh, I meant to say four to five a month. Oh, well, you actually said four (laughs) to five a week. Sorry, it's been recorded. It's out there now. You can't take it back. (laughs) I mean Right now we're at one a week.
1: Maybe we can do. Hashtag four to five. sorry, not
0: sorry. You have to do five. <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> oh, you said you enjoy
0: it. I do.
1: I mean, honestly, the hardest part is a freaking scheduling with time zones and everyone.
0: Well, I'm the one who complains about time zones. It's like, way worse what... for
1: you. Yeah, it's is way it? Worse but for like, you.
0: no, it does. It does suck though, especially like if you're trying to talk to people. I guess though, you're targeting people all over the world, right? Like, yeah, our customers are all U.S. and Canada. Yeah.
1: We're all over the world right now. But no, I am. Yeah. Um, no. OK. I meant to say four to five a month, but maybe I can do more than one a week. <laughs> I but think you that's said fair. four to five a I week. I did say and that.
0: I feel like four to five a week is that, like if you Dude, I mean, like, it sounds like you're, you're you're like hustling here. I feel like you're not not to use that word that I know is complicated and loaded, but like you are. Yeah, you are going at it. I don't want to and... be a golden
1: retriever. I want to be a pit bull, Michelle.
0: Pitbull. I don't I don't no? think you're I don't think you're a pit bull like okay can I be
1: uh okay let me iterate on that
0: but like so, a greyhound like do you want to go fast yeah maybe or <laughs> like maybe like a greyhound golden retriever mix or is no, that a
1: thing I, I don't um, know uh no you're right I'm hus- I, hustling is I believe the right word because that's how I want to think about this is like I'm hustling on this. We're doing this.
0: Also, pit bulls, I don't think they can run very fast. Don't they have the same, like, congestion issues I that, like, other bulldogs have? No, there's, like, some dogs that are, like, born with nose issues and they can't breathe very well. I, I, there's some dog owners out there who can probably tell me this. But, like, they're not. They're known for being very strong by not being very f- particularly fast, I think. Um so I
1: like this. Speaking of inspirational things, Colleen's spirit animal is changing. Okay. Yeah, we're changing the spirit animal. Yeah, so there's this YouTube video I love, and it's Michael someone from Y Combinator talking about what makes a good founder. And it's, it's like four minutes. We'll add it in the show notes, too. I love it. But I think he uses the term relentless. That's a good term.
0: Mm-hmm. and resilient probably
1: yeah yeah but that's like such an overdone word these days yeah
0: but no but i think resilience is important because you're sending all of these dms and you said you're getting the dopamine hit from sending out the message yeah i don't even and have you're to... not like scrolling through your DMs, being like they didn't reply to me they yeah, didn't don't reply care. to me like i mean I do care but that's you know. that's resilience right or being yeah. like i mean it's normal to like feel something when you don't get a reply back right i think that's totally understandable and you don't have to like tell yourself not to feel something because you care about this product. You care about this product getting to be your full-time job. But yeah, just keep going. Be a relentless golden retriever. Just (laughs) fetch that ball, Colleen. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. Okay. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev backslash supporters. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. He actually asked me (laughs) to insert that. (laughs) Dave from ReCut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Aaron from Tuple, Alex Hillman from The Tiny MBA, Rami from Memo.fm, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of SignWell, Corey Haynes of SwipeWell, Mike Wade of Crowd Century, Nate Ritter of RoomSteals, Anna Mast of Subscribe Sense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Mega Maker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nucy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Kaylee of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from ReCapsey, Joe of Railsdevs.com, Proud Mama from OpalNet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Nathan of Develop Your UX, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Elden from Nodal
0: Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. People like keep supporting us, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess that's going to wrap us up for today. I am off to conferences next week. So I guess the next time Yay. we talk, I can tell you about how the workshop and talks go. Oh, I'm excited for that. And I look forward to hearing about your four to five uh, sales calls per week. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Stop talking to me.
1: (laughs) Stop making me do this, Don't make me do more sales (laughs) calls.
0: Okay, cool. Bye. Huge thanks to
1: all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from ReCut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outsetta, Justin Jackson, Megamaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from ConsentKit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nucy Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac. Steve of BeInclusive. Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups. Josh Smith of Keyhero.io. Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io. Daryl Shannon of Docomatic. Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender. Brendan from Feederloop. Pascal from Sharpen.page. Lynn Romick from Konbini. Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm. Jessica Malnick. Damien Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from Recruit Kit.